So while you're still settling, oh, I'm. You can. <laughs> no, wait. You can go. No, I'm wait. good. I'm good. I'm settled. I'm just... Settle, settle. <laughs> Welcome to Friday Night with Grace and Louise. I'm Grace, and I'm Louise. Good. Thank you. I'm trying to switch it up every week. <laughs> Would you like to tell the people what I'm doing right now? I was gonna bring it up like nonchalantly <laughs> so that it would be like funnier, but since you're forcing <laughs> well, me to. Whatever, okay, never mind. This <laughs> evening, Miss Grace made us a delicious dinner for which she had to chop up jalapeno peppers. And she's a little whiny baby and her <laughs> her fingies is burning. They are, it hurts. So, <laughs> she's got her left hand in my Captain America mug. <laughs> Some milk in I it. couldn't reach mine. They're all up so high. No, it's fine. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> She's soaking her fingies in milk. Yes. Because we Googled it and that seemed to be a thing that might help. It says it neutralizes the the word that I can never say. Capsaicin. Foreskin. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now I know how to pronounce it. You're welcome. <laughs> I aim to please. Sorry if you hear my stomach growling. I don't know what is going on with it, but just, it's not happy. Just pretend it's Bowie. Uh, I mean, sorry if you hear Bowie growling. <laughs> She's... Her stomach is so loud. <laughs> She's so gassy all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very. <laughs> so, um, this week, well, I'll tell them how this came on, because we have watched a series in the last week, which some of you may have seen. And if you have not, you should. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime, and it's called Good Omens. Um, an adaptation of the book by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Great book. Great series. We binged the whole thing in one day, and now we're re-watching it. Yep. Which we started the next day. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good. It's one of yeah. those shows that... I don't, you know, like your comfort shows you go to every time you want comfort and they just, you know, give you the warm and fuzzies? The office. <laughs> They're, exactly. For uh, for Grace, it's the office. And for me now, it's good omens. Yeah. It just had so many good things in it. Just pure, heartwarming. But, like, not to say that it's, like, it's not a Hallmark movie. It's dramatic. But, like... It's just got a lot of good stuff in it. Lots of good stuff. Um, but the two main characters in it have an unspoken, most likely romantic in some way relationship. Like, no one's ever going to say that they're in love, but people on Tumblr are going to make a lot of gift sets and write fan fiction about them. I can't wait. <laughs> so we were looking at some of those and uh, some, you know, cute art of them kissing <laughs> passionately and that made me think you know there's got to be a fan fiction generator out there like where you could just plug some stuff in and they'll just generate a fan fiction for you and I was right and there are multiples but I picked one 
that I think is just great because it uses excerpts from actual fan fiction pieces that are out there um, and fills in your chosen fandom and characters. So I thought today we could uh, make some fan fictions and read them. Yes. <laughs> so um, I think the first one we should do, we kind of, um, when we were talking earlier, thought that the best one to do would be The Office and pair Jim and Dwight. Yeah! So, <laughs> I think that's what we're going to need to do here. What site are we on? Um, it's called fanficmaker.com. Um, then we pick the setting. So it's caveman era, fantasy era, future era, medieval era, modern era, modern fantasy era, Victorian era. I feel like the office is modern, but I also think it would be great to get some fantasy in there. So like maybe modern fantasy. Yeah. An office, but there's like unicorns, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm here for that. All right. Hero's name. Um, so we'll go ahead and do Jim. Um, I got it. You know, this would be a great time for you to have a pop socket. <laughs> That's true. I I wasn't sure about the pop socket, and then I tried the pop socket, and I've never gone back. <laughs> In fact, I had the last... I'm going to keep saying pop socket. <laughs> keep saying it. I know, right? The last pop socket I had, um, I got it before I went on my trip, um, and that was in April of last year. So it lasted over a year. I just had to replace it and got a shiny new one. It matches my phone case. Um, this is non-sponsored BT Dubs. Very nice. Um, thank you. <laughs> Picked it myself. <laughs> Amazon Prime. <laughs> also, there's a lot of knockoff pop sockets on Amazon, so make sure you read reviews. Um, but yes, pop sockets all the way. They are really nice when you're trying to take like pictures. Um, and it's, you know, it's really good for one-handed texting. I don't know, I'm just, add, I'm just... <laughs> well, I, I have things to say if you're done. Oh, okay, excuse me. <laughs> Whatever, bitch. So, I filled in a couple things here. Um, so Hero's Superpower, I said, hilarious pranks. Okay, okay. Um, Hero's Hobby, the only thing that I know about Jim is that he likes cycling. He always pretends that he would move somewhere in the mountains and ride his bike places. Wow, I don't I've watched The Office so much and I don't remember that. I believe you. Oh, he does like sports. Let's yeah. just, let's say basketball. He does like sports. He, he has no basketball. Okay. Heroes Hometown, Scranton. Heroes Homeworld, Earth. Female sidekick, Pam. Second to uh, fill in her name, so feel free to tell me about pop sockets. Well, no, I'm done now. You like ruined oh, it. It's like fine. on my roll, and now you're just like, fuck you, please. I don't care what you have to say about pop sockets. Yeah, I don't really. See? <laughs> Alright. your hands. Woo, <laughs> sick burn. Oh. Get it? <laughs> 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 Dwight. 
there like a like you press a next or something? Because where do you put where are you putting Dwight? Is he male companion or sidekick? Yeah, and then at the end you choose like which relationship. So it's like hero, male sidekick one, and that's gonna be like the pairing. We're gonna make a good slash fic here, guys. Um, it may or may not be sexual in content, so uh, hold on to your pennies. <laughs> Ew, I hate that word. I take it back. Steven, take that out. <laughs> um, who would his other female sidekick be? Um, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, she'd she'd be a good a good addition to the mix. Male sidekick two. Michael? Oh, yeah. Okay, Michael. Michael. Because he's a sidekick for both of them, really. That's so true. The last one that I did was one of the presets, so I hope that this works out the way that I'm planning or hoping it will work. Well, me too, because uh, I've been sitting here for like an hour. Wow, okay. You wanna get over yourself? Never. And who is it, the villain? Angela? No. <laughs> um. What's. Charles Minor. Charles Minor. <laughs> Y'all need to watch The Office if you have no idea what's going on right now. Let me tell you. If you haven't at least seen a few episodes, there's no point in listening to this podcast. That's very true. <laughs> But I feel like we know our audience. <laughs> our two listeners? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we know them pretty good. <laughs> we sure do. What's a MacGuffin? I have no idea. I wouldn't love this. Can you Google what a MacGuffin is? <laughs> oh, I have to do everything. Oh my god. MCG? M-A-C-G-U-F-F-I-N. whole letters. Now I'm confused. <laughs> M-A-C-G. Mac Guffin. Are you spelling it or saying it? <laughs> uh, an object or device in a movie or book that serves merely as a trigger for the plot. Oh. Okay, uh. Creed? If we have our villain, what did our villain do to be a villain? What did Charles Minor do? He murdered Creed. I don't know. There you go. He murdered Creed. <laughs> and Jim and Dwight are on a mission to mm-hmm. figure out where, when, and who, what, why. I said who, where, when, why. Okay. Relationship. Hero slash M side one. Um, what's our author name gonna be? The last one they gave me was Serenity Dark Moon Raven. <laughs> wow. Um, was that some, uh, wow. Alright. I have no words. So what, sh- what should ours be? P.T. Wang. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. P.T. Wang. It's nothing like B.D. Wong. And no, I'm not thinking about B.D. Wong <laughs> and his beautifulness right now. Get okay. off my back! Should the first word be sometimes, always, or never? Never. 
Um, okay. Violence rating. High violence, low violence. I would prefer more genital violence, so let's go low. By genital violence, I mean bump and ugly. Six to ten. Okay. <laughs> Ego rating. What does that mean? No idea. Oh, I can't read it, so... I'll just leave it in the middle. Sex rating. Hi! Hi. <laughs> Cliché rating. Hi. Hi. <laughs> okay. Let's see if this works the way that I'm hoping it will. Make story. Okay. <clears throat> Should I read the first one or you want to read the first one? You got to do all this talking. Alright. Summary. I suck at writing summaries. Besides, the fic isn't that long. <clears throat> Did you read the title? Oh, yes. <laughs> Did you make the title? No. Okay. The title of our fanfic is The Office, The Secret of the Computer Mouse by P.T. Wang. <laughs> How's your rum and coke? It's real good. Good. <clears throat> Jim Halpert was sitting behind his desk. He felt the tears well up in his eyes. Oh, Jimmy. <laughs> After their last adventure, Jim Halpert found out just exactly how cruel people could be. How nasty and inconsiderate real humans actually were. Jim stared at a picture of a polar bear. <laughs> a magnificent beast who would not hesitate to kill him. But at least it would be quick. Not an overlong conspiracy of many years. Just to be unleashed on him when he was at his weakest and darkest moment. <laughs> when he needed his friends the most. Why are we villainizing <laughs> polar bears? <laughs> but there had been one tiny ray of light in this world. Wait, in this hole. What? <laughs> but, but there had been one tiny ray of light in this hole. Hole as in like entire. And there's no other thing. Anyway. Alright. Jim Halpert remembered fondly the day he discovered it. It was a Tuesday morning, he remembranced. <laughs> the memories surfaced before his mind's eye and took the most wonderful shapes. Before Jim Halpert well knew it, a single tear welled up in his eyes and trickled down his cheek. A single tear. Because even when all his quote-unquote friends betrayed him, there was one consistent factor in his life. Charles. What? <laughs> And Jim Halpert knew that the rising aspirations between them could never become true. The feelings Jim Halpert had for Charles were the only thing in this world that still felt true to him. No lies, just that single, pure sense and feeling for Charles Minor. <laughs> God. Their relationship would probably only ever be physical. Whoa! <laughs> I did not see this coming. <laughs> this, took, this took a turn. This is great. Alas, Jim Halpert thought to himself, hopelessly, Why must they battle? Why must Jim be destined to destroy Charles? Oh, can he ever tell Charles how much Charles means to Jim Halpert? Charles. <laughs> uh, if only he could. Then all his pain would be over. No more betrayal. No more suffering. Under the laughter from Pam. Quote, or parentheses, who told him she loved him only to stab him right into the heart at Valentine's Day. Oh, Pam. <laughs> no, 
only Charles Minor and Jim Halpert's true feelings for him. A slash N, what does that mean? I don't know. Um, LOL, this, oh, I don't know. This has all been so depressive, LOL. My next bit will be less dark. Oh, author note? Author, okay, author note. I know things. Um, apparently it's still loading. Oh, it loaded this time. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll just read the next part. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh, no, it generated a new one. Okay, I'll, I'll read this one and I'll read the next one. Okay. This is called The Office, Jim Halpert versus Charles, the sequel. Okay, so this is uh, starting a fresh story. But, uh, once upon a time, after my great adventures, I was wondering what to do that week. I had picked up my life from where I left it and wanted to make something from it. He wanted to make my father proud. <laughs> then all of a sudden, a strange woman appeared on my doorstep. She was hiding beneath a long cloak and had long brown nails on her fingers. Mm. Her dirty hair fluished down from beneath the cloak and she had glowing eyes oh my i thought i remember seeing her in my dreams the past couple of weeks almost as if it was a premonition you are not who you think you are said the strange woman what do you mean i said you are not who you think you are she said again with a mysterious crackling voice like a bad radio transmission i still don't understand you i said here take this she said and gave i and buddy christ beautiful. Take this and give it to your parents or guardian. They will know what to do with it. And with that, she disappeared before my eyes. I was confused, but thought that I had to do something. But rather than going to my parents or guardian, I decided to show it to Michael. <laughs> oh no, said Michael. You must forget about this. Why? I inquired. What do you know? I, I can't tell you. My dear Jim Halpert, I didn't think it would be this soon. What? I yelled. Are you keeping things away from me? It's, it's for your own good. You cannot know this, said Michael. And before I could do anything, Michael Scott had escaped my grasp. Oh <laughs> no, damn it. When will I ever know the truth? I was feeling depressed. One of my best friends abandoned and betrayed me. It hurt. So I wanted to find Pam. After their adventure, I and Pam <laughs> had been spending a lot of time together. I kind of started to like her. Oh, lay down. So I went to Pam and told oh, the whole down. story. Hey. She listened to me with... Hold on a second. Bowie, come on. Continue. Okay. Um, so I went to Pam and told the whole story. She listened to me without saying a single word. Then she said, WTF, this is so big. <laughs> and um, I said, I know. Do you know a way to find out what is happening? Why is everyone hiding things from me? Pam sighed and said, you have always been special. I and not just to me. <laughs> How do you know that? Pam looked at the knickers that I had received and said, <laughs> It kind of looks like the Creed, doesn't it? <laughs> Could be, but it might not be. But yeah, certainly it might be. <laughs> wow. Whatever it is, I can recognize it quite well. And I think, Pam said, that perhaps the mysterious woman wanted you to find something inside of you. Inside? Like my heart? No, don't be silly. Like a mammary. <laughs> oh my god. Think about it. If your parents lied to you and now Michael Scott doesn't want to talk to you about your background, perhaps there's a hidden memory in your head. 
Pam's logic was flawless, so I had to try it. Oh, of course. So I concentrated on the object immediately. I felt drawn into it. It start. It stayed out as a big fuzzy thing, like when you wear glasses and there is a lot of moisture in the air and you see a pork sword on the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's another word for dick. Pork sword. <laughs> but then it turned out that there was a secret memory hidden beneath the veil layer of self-loving in my head. And within that memory, a burning figure appeared. It was Charles Minor. Dun, dun. In hell. Dun. I was confused. I didn't think that memory would be in there, and yet it was there, burning like the heart of a newborn star in the center of the earth. <laughs> what? <laughs> Meanwhile, Jim Halpert's mind was wandered back to the past, to the good old days. It was Voice's Christmas party, which everyone was invited to. The party was almost as oh, was awesome as always because Jim Halpert was hosting it. Jim Halpert was pretty drunk that day. If Jim was honest, he couldn't remember much that happened. Only something about a Game Boy, a rabbi, and a traffic cone. There was one thing that stuck in, stuck in him mind, though. <laughs> something he would never forget. Dwight. <laughs> oh, it's getting good! Dwight was wearing a Dwight mask that night. <laughs> oh, my. It was one of the most erotic costumes at the party. <laughs> Everyone had come as something or someone else. No one could recognize anyone else because everyone had bits of their bodies covered. Now, this is in caps for no clear reason. Dwight was dressed as Pam. <laughs> Pam Beasley was dressed as Kelly Kabor. Kelly was dressed as Jim. Jim Hopper was dressed as Charles. And Charles was dressed as a wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> Jim had no idea of which person Dwight Schrute was. At the top, they were strangers, but they would become much more. Jim Halper was instantly attracted to Dwight in him costume. Mm. The way he moved, the way he talked, the way he flicked his hair. <laughs> Dwight Schrute was doing a karaoke number. It was like a virgin. <laughs> he was awesome. <laughs> he sung like a true seductor. The audience was miasmarized by Dwight. That mm. is quite a spelling. Mm. Look at that. I don't know if you will find it. <laughs> wow, my mesmerized. <laughs> okay, um, underwear was chucked at Dwight Schrute. <laughs> Jim was so turned on, and mm. he didn't need that underwear anyway. Mm, oh Despite my. his crushing shyness and fear of people judging him, Jim Halpert got up and sang too. When Dwight was singing like a virgin, it was like the words spoke to him. Dwight seemed to be addressing each word of the song just to him. The room faded away and it was just the two of them, no one else in the world. They gazed into each other's eyes as Dwight spoke the last lyric, then silence. Suddenly Jim Halpert was woken out of the flashback by the present. Arriving at the mysterious shack, I found that there was an item laying on the table in the shack. Around the shack was a mysterious circle drawn in sand, or perhaps salt. Big Harvell, said Dwight, who as usually was cowardly squatting behind me. I carefully maneuvered into the shack and on my tiptoes and scuttled forward. Hmm. The floorboards beneath my feet croaked and I could hear a loud hummer coming from the table. There the Creed Bratton laid, right there for my taking. Oh my god, what? <laughs> but I was clever. I knew it was a trap. <laughs> So I said to Dwight, why don't you take it? It looks safe. And Dwight was like, oh, well, if you're sure, I will. 
I slowly paced backwards and let him to do the talk, the taking. I knew that if it was a trap, Dwight would be triggering it, and then Charles Minor would get him, but not me. I knew Dwight Schrute wouldn't mind sacrificing himself for me. He always said that. But fortunately, when Dwight grabbed the creed, nothing happened. Except we were cowardly attacked by security guards. They wow. descended into the shack and fired shurikens at us, but we managed the, jo- the dodge them quite well by turning sideways. Mm. We then sneaked away by using the furniture and table as cover for us. But now with the Creed Bratton in our hands, we could take Charles straight on. Oh my god, what is happening? <laughs> I think we misunderstood MacGuffin. <laughs> the next time they saw each other, Dwight winked at Jim, remembering what happened at the party. Jim blushed. Some of the others giggled. Did they know? Jim Halpert didn't care. Jim Halpert had some time before he had to do anything, so he decided to have another flashback. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I just decided. Yeah. It was just after the karaoke. They had stepped off the stage to loud applause and were now looking at each other. Hi, Jim Halpert said meekly. Hey, Dwight said also meekly. <laughs> Their confidence from moments ago had evaporated like alcohol. Do you want to... Maybe. Okay then. So they walked to the cloakroom. It wasn't long before their lips were together. Jim Halpert couldn't remember who made the first move. He did remember the taste, though. The taste of Dwight's truth. (laughs) (laughs) Dwight tasted like blueberry on an autumn noon. (laughs) That's highly specific. Refreshing and salty, but also a bit sour. What What had they been eating, Jim Halpert? Tried to work it out. It took much tongue work. (laughs) After a few minutes, mouth-to-mouth potholing, <laughs> Dwight sure guessed what Jim Halpert was doing. I had pomegranate for lunch. Oh, you don't have to stop, though. <laughs> oh, good, Jim said with great relief. They finally drew away after what seemed a whole September, but was only mere minutes. The taste of Dwight Schrute's lips and other things still lingered in Jim Halpert's mouth as they finally looked upon each other with new eyes. Relief sighs came from both of them as both embraced, Dwight snuggling against Jim Halpert's neck as he snuggled up to Dwight's torso. <laughs> Dwight Schrute went further by clutching Jim with his fingers, pulling at the fabric of his slacks to feel what was underneath. Whoa! The telltale shape in his leggings stood out between them, especially with the weighted hat against Jim's thigh. Ooh! Dwight moved over Jim's body like a serpent and lovingly <laughs> nuzzled at a peaked abs tubies. Jim liked this a lot and started making a lot of noise. Dwight Schrute joined in. <laughs> the way they spelled it is Ow! Amoic! Ah, <laughs> got pretty noisy from that point on. Both of them had a lot of fun and made a lot of noise. Jim sounded like pure black horse. Dwight sounded like a herd of rabbits on drugs. They had a lot of Fun quotes. <laughs> My groinal area are hurting. Can we stop? <laughs> Twelve times is enough, surely, Dwight said, bleeding. <laughs> My groinal area. <laughs> no. More, 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 said Jim Halpert, with apparently an insatiable appetite. Dwight finally slapped Jim to get him to stop. Oh my god. Sorry about that. I got a little carried away, said Jim. That's okay. I 
enjoyed it, said Dwight, blushing in the way they always did. Tomorrow? Yes, said Dwight Schrute. I'll bring some of my toys next time for us to play with, said Jim Halpert. We're going to be talking about Legos. <laughs> and with that, they left the cloakroom and returned to the party. The months that followed were fun, but eventually they broke up and became enemies. We don't get any of that backstory. Wow. So we snuck up into the Charles's lair. It was dark and there were horrific things on the walls. Same. Through the dark and dank corridors of the lair's naughty rooms, we went with utmost silence and skill. We sneaked past all the guards who had been turned into horrible bears by Charles's new invention. And this would also happen to the whole world if they wouldn't be able to steal the Creed Bratton from Charles Miner's hands. Bears. They went down the corridors and up the large majestic stairways made of bones and jewels of all shapes and sizes sprinkled with saffron. One of the corridors led towards a great hall where in the middle of the hall stood a pedestal with a treasure chest on top. And on that a red velvet pillow upon which laid a white silk finely woven cloth. And on that laid the creed. <laughs> I knew that I had to use his hilarious pranks, which I learned from Jim, to get the creed, but it would explode if he didn't believe in himself enough. <laughs> Pam inhaled firmly and wondered if I could pull it off. Michael stood ready with his weapon in his hand, and Pam Beasley's boobies in the other. <laughs> what the fuck? I concentrated firmly and then carefully but powerfully unleashed my hilarious pranks. <laughs> It worked. Jim Halpert was amazed at my skill. The shielding around the creed disintegrated like snow before the plower. It was amazing how my welding hilarious pranks was effective against Charles's indomitable powers. Unfortunately for our homeboys, it wasn't enough. Halt! whispered a creepy voice. Everyone turned towards the entrance of the hall where the voice came from. It was Charles, and he looked even less humane as before. He had used the power of the creed to transform into a horrific corpse of a life form. Ha! Are you surprised by my new looks? He said. It is amazing. The powers I have now are beyond your comprehension. My comprehension is really good, I retorted. And Jim Halpert and my friends looked proud. <laughs> oh my god! Ha ha ha. Of course yours is. But are you able to comprehend the future of this world? I bet you aren't that smart after all. I will rule the world now, you see, and there is nothing you can do to stop me. Even when Jim Halpert taught you everything he knows. But, said Charles with a lower tone, even though you are not as smart as I am, you are surprisingly capable, so I wish to make this offer. Join me, and we can rule this world together. Never in a million billion years, screamed Jim Halpert. Think about it. You can now still save your friends. Make them stop mutating before I release my powers. I saw Jim becoming. I knew he wanted to keep Pam, Dwight, Kelly, and Michael Scott alive for sex, but I could not get Charles <laughs> get away with it. But then I remembered Charles no longer had the creed. He was powerless. But as if Charles could read my mind, Charles Minor spoke. Oh, and your scheme to steal the creed? I no longer need it. I have gained all the power from it that I need in order to mutate everyone in the whole world. But not that you even considered going against me. I will destroy you. Such a shame. We... Oh, shit. Girl, what you do? I... Oh, I missed... I accidentally moved the page. I'm almost there. Okay. Just when it was getting good. But not that you... Okay, wait. Uh, oh, yeah. Such a shame. We could be such good... Friends, author's note, by which he means sex besties. <laughs> Sexties. 
Weiss would never be friends with you, said Kelly Kapoor. I thought she was right, but then again, Charles did look mighty sexy. It is too late now anyway, and Charles, my plan is active now, and I will give you the best place to enjoy it. From your prison cell, Charles laughed and said to his guards, lead them to my sex dungeon, where you will suffer for all eternity in agony and pleasure. Oh my god. But I had not forgotten Jim Halpert's hilarious pranks. With the speed and spunk that I learned from his previous adventures, he concentrated and unleashed the hilarious pranks. Charles had not expected that. He thought he had trapped me and my friends and managed to demoralize them so much they would not resist. Argh, Charles Minor said. His guards did not know what to do. Their leader was too weak against this onslaught. What could they do against that sort of might? So they all fled. Arg no, Charles <laughs> extrapolated. I was so close to ultimate power. Inspired by my successfully attack, Charles, Jim Halpert, Kelly Kapoor, and Dwight also attacked Charles. Arig, no, I will unleash my final power. And the rest of it's not loading. <laughs> Damn it. Um, that was a fucking roller coaster. I know. I guess it's a cliffhanger because it won't let me read the rest of it. <laughs> um, what was it? Mouth to mouth potholing? <laughs> yeah. Talk about the title of the episode. <laughs> my groin owl area. <laughs> my groin owl area is for... <laughs> 12 times is enough. <laughs> Who's got time for 12 times? I know. Dwight was exhausted. Get your ass in school. <laughs> Go to college. Get a job. <laughs> and 12 times is too many. <clears throat> So I think we should do one more. What do you think it should be? Um. Well, obviously it's got to be Crowley and a zero fail. Okay. And we can we can like cross, because I don't know that many characters. Yeah. Okay. I don't so remember do that many. Cause I only have eyes. Good omens. Are you? Which era do we want to be in? Because they were, they were in all eras. Caveman, um, fantasy, future, medieval, modern, modern fantasy, Victorian. I'd like to see some Victorian. Okay. Gay, angel, and demon <laughs> sexy times. Would you like to read this one since I took the last one from you? You did take the last one from me. Wait, I'm going to get my blanket. Ugh. If my fingers are going to burn, I want to be comfy otherwise. And I want my drink. I'm drinking rum and coke tonight. I made her rum and coke. And I'm drinking vodka from the bottle. Do we need an ASMR moment here? <laughs> Everybody. This is a vodka bottle. Never heard that before. I'm back on my bullshit with the vodka. Alright. <clears throat> Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Alright. This is titled, The Rescue of Aziraphale, A Good Omens Story, The Last Struggle of Good and Evil, by Capricious Fontana. <laughs> Author's note, I have been wanting to write a good omens story since forever. Disclaimer, I am not the official creators and don't own good omens. Only my... Original content. Amethysts is my property. 
Okay. <clears throat> and it begins. <coughs> oh, sorry. A little later, Crowley was taking a shit. <laughs> what? He was having trouble, though. <laughs> what a way to start a story! <laughs> Crowley was taking a shit. He was having trouble, though. It felt like days. <laughs> it felt like days passed and still no sign of release. Help! Christ! I thought... This is what I get for putting this sex rating on a ten. Oh Christ, what is this epic poo gonna pass? <laughs> Crowley exclaimed. <laughs> his his face wincing with effort. <laughs> I'm seriously gonna piss myself. God. <clears throat> He made every effort in his little boy body to <laughs> to expel this demon thing from his <laughs> woman. body to expel this demon thing from his womanly backside. <laughs> what? Why is this a shit fic? <laughs> I did not see this coming. <coughs> Excuse me. By this... By the... Okay, I can do this. He can. By this point, Crowley's poo tubes were all bent out of shape. It has been a bad day. Just as Crowley was going in for another push, without warning, the bathroom door suddenly burst open unexpectedly. <coughs> Yeepers! <coughs> well, hello, Crowley. A uh, enticing voice gasped from the doorway. A mysterious figure posed, leaning against the doorframe. His deep, sensual voice, which Crowley knew immediately. His mind began racing, and a nervous sweat began pouring from his face and groinal area. <laughs> Who the fuck? <clears throat> Aziraphale, is that you? Well, what are you doing? What are you still doing awake? You probably woke up from your fucking screaming. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he appeared in nothing but a towel, seemingly ready to take a steamy shower. However, he couldn't with Crowley nearby. They were like family now. Whoa. <clears throat> Aziraphale was like his father. Any sane person would never allow their own father to see them in the nude, right? <laughs> right? Shit. 
Yeah. This is taking a weird turn. <laughs> oh, I felt dirty from masturbating all day. Oh. You ever feel dirty, Crowley? Y yes? I mean, no! No, no! <laughs> Never! Crowley shrieked. He became so immensely worked up, he cleaned his colon clear of the demon feces. <laughs> clear of the demon feces that had been clogging it. His voice was also cracked like he was 13 again, but in comparison to the... <laughs> I hate that I can read ahead while I'm reading out loud. <clears throat> this is awful. <clears throat> but <clears throat> in comparison to the loud flagellants, he just unleashed. Who cares? <laughs> Aziraphale heard, though, and giggled like an like a adorable baby girl laugh. It sent tingles all up Crowley's spine. <clears throat> oh, you've always been the shy one in the family, Crowley. Why is this a family thing? <clears throat> Crowley was not shy at all. He defeated Adam Young and blew up his evil machines, for Christ's sake. And now he suddenly found himself speechless. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was... Was he going to see his metaphorical father literally naked? Little did he know that was merely a sprinkle on the banana split of carnal pleasures that was to come. What? <laughs> Let me read that again for you. That was merely a sprinkle on the banana split of carnal pleasures that was to come. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> the shy and excitable one, said Aziraphale, finishing the sentence he started earlier. <laughs> well, what the... And before Crowley could send the third word out of his mouth... Aziraphale's towel dropped to the floor, setting his swingy bits free into, <laughs> <laughs> into the mist of the shower. Oh. Crowley noticed everything on him instantly. His lickable figure, his hypnotically wide middle leg, <laughs> and the big thingy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And the big thingy colored birthmark on his rear, which made him feel awkward. <laughs> What's the thingy color? I don't know. <clears throat> Still, the sight of his near perfect body caused Crowley's penis to become very hard. It stood erect and proud, pointing straight towards the mighty heavens. <laughs> oh, dang, Crowley! <laughs> Packing some fucking heat! <laughs> Hee hee, oh my Crowley, you're more impressive than I thought. Uh, y yeah, th thanks? Aziraphale, you're cute too. This is so wrong! It raced through his head at lightning speed, but the beautiful, wet, soapy body that stood before him spoke otherwise. Him, shapely body, was everything Crowley could want in something to wank to. <laughs> <laughs> so poetic. That's gonna be like when I confess that I love somebody, I'm gonna be like, Your body is something I wanna wank to. <laughs> <clears throat> Yet did family like relationship matter? What? Yes it does. Or did it make it better? No. no. <laughs> but <laughs> snort Yes. But just as Crowley was committing committing to a path that they couldn't go back from Crowley burst into the toilet. What? <laughs> what are you two up to? What? Uh, nothing, said Crowley, as he casually... What? There's Crowley, too! <laughs> okay. All right. 
Uh, nothing, said Crowley, as he casually slipped his pants back on. Aziraphale, who Crowley didn't notice, picked up his towel and backed out slowly. Really? I was just having a shit, see? Crowley gestured <laughs> to his shit. <laughs> oh, that's shit, all right. Take a look at my shit. <laughs> oh, that's shit, all right. One hell of a shit. <laughs> okay, if you're done, we better go. So Crowley put his other pants on and left. He's wearing two pairs of pants, okay. He had a serious case of blue balls, but at least his anus didn't feel so bad now. <laughs> Thank God for that. Yeah. As he walked out, Aziraphale whispered one word. A word fall of hope. Later. <laughs> Crowley giggled. Fortunately, their traveling companion was as oblivious as ever and didn't notice. <clears throat> one day, Crowley was doing feeding pigeons. <laughs> Aziraphale winked at Crowley when no one else was looking. Later, he mouthed at him silently so no one could hear. That's what mouthing means. <laughs> Madame Tracy was in the shower. She rubed her firm, perfectly shaped busters as the water cascaded over her <laughs> sexy, shiny body. Her busters. Her busters. The bubbles from the soap brief, briefly, briefly, <laughs> obscured the pinnacles of them before she rinsed, rinked it off. Wow. I just spit coke on myself. Don't waste coke. <clears throat> the clear water making her pretty skin shiny in the sunlight coming from the open window. She stretched upwards, making her sea cup nature's little thermometers look even bigger. <laughs> oh, God. She had long wanted even bigger breasts as she was jealous of anathema. <laughs> Secretly, though, she was quite attracted to anathema. Meanwhile, Anathema Device was walking by Madame Tracy House in hell. <laughs> she was she saw steam coming from the window and went over to look. After all, the house could have been on fire. <clears throat> she looked into the window. She looked unto the window. She gazed unto the crystal glass and beholded a wonder of nature. Suddenly Crowley walked in. As Crowley was undressed by the girls, he examined them carefully. You know, I've, I never noticed how firm and big your breasts are. <laughs> They're like a pair of great... <laughs> but snoring so loud. It's just juxtaposed with this. I just can't. Okay. Oh, she's dreaming right now. <clears throat> Get him, Bowie. Get him. <laughs> Get the boobs. Get them big old breasts. <laughs> she like them big old titties. <laughs> she's a fan of the titties. <clears throat> okay, let's see. Oh, yes. You know, I never noticed how firm and big your breasts are. They're like a pair of great big mountains. <laughs> like saltines, but mountains. Oh, okay. Um, it's a crack Cracker Mountain. It's like Mount Rushmore, but um, it's Mr. Peanut instead. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Why don't you feel them? Can I feel more? Only if you let us feel you a bit. She reached down and grabbed. You can pleasure us while we watched and feel each over. We need a big strong man like you to fulfill us. Anathema started thrusting Crowley's meat thermometer back and forward really hard. Before feeding it into her. Oh, God. 
she quickly got very wet indeed. Her bait was as wet as a deep ocean riverbed. Crowley thrusted his nine-inch cock into both of them, one at a time, as the girls... I was gonna say at the same time. <laughs> I thought that's where it was going to. Crowley thrust... Let's say it again. Crowley thrusted his nine-inch cock into both of them, one at a time, as the girls rubbed each other's mouth-watering scoops of flesh softly. Scoops of flesh, all right. This went on for four hours before the girls got tired. Thank you. Don't mention it. It's an honor to pleasure you hot... Uh, it's H-Zero-T. <laughs> I'm assuming they meant hot, um, but we ain't Kesha, so... <clears throat> to pleasure you hot girls. Maybe Kesha wrote this. Oh, girl, Kesha could do a lot better than this. <laughs> She's so fucking smart. <clears throat> anyway. Anathema device turned the hot shower off again. H-Zero-T. Uh, turn the hot shower off and they all walked into the living room. Crowley put... There's always like an apostrophe after Crowley. Like, they're, like they were trying to... Um, what's the word? Multiples of... Trying to make it plural. But it's just Crowley apostrophe. Anyway. Crowley put his cloths on. But Anathema and Madame Tracy stayed naked. What did you come here for, anyway? Oh yes, I came here to tell you Adam Young has returned, and I need your help to defeat him. Okay, we will get our cloaths on, and follow you on your erotic quest. <laughs> no time for that, you will have to stay naked. <laughs> oh, that's okay, gives us more time to admire our hot female bodies. <laughs> but bodies spelled B-O-D-Y-S. <laughs> Yes, I love running around naked. My breasts bounce around in circular <laughs> patterns. P-A-T-U-R-N-S. Um, wed do anything for you, hunky baby. Okay, let's go. Okay. 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 <laughs> and they left to begin the start of the first chapter in their epic quest. Author's note, I got bored, B-O-R-D, of writing the fanfic as it was, so I decided to change things around. I hope you guys like it. <clears throat> she was as of yet the most beautiful thingy in the whole of Underworld, Crowley believed her to be. As she figged the great villainess, the Antichrist, her big boppers bobbed up and down consistently like someone making love in a car. <laughs> she swept sex sexly at the Adam Young and was more than anything Crowley had seen before. Her beautiful feistful pressure shocked Adam Young's henchmen into copulating before her. Wow. Amethysts, take my sword, said Crowley, and give it to the greatness before us. She will need our legendary sword in order to defeat the great Uber Adam Young. And lo, Amethysts did so, and the magnificent, great, mysterious woman took the sword and stabbed Adam Young. He was defeated. But was the Antichrist? Because as Crowley ran towards the mysterious, strange beauty of his dreams, and was about to share the greatest kiss he, and more, had ever given to someone in the history of mankind, Adam Young rose up and fled. <clears throat> Later, Crowley and Aziraphale were alone again. 
It's later, said Aziraphale, pulling Crowley towards the bathroom. But what about the others? I'll just tell them you are helping me shower. They won't suspect a thing. <laughs> that doesn't sound sexy at all. True. They are all idiots. <laughs> wow. Then, suddenly, Aziraphale was naked. Crowley wondered how he did that. He must have been nearly naked this whole time. <laughs> and you didn't notice. Alright. The shower turned on. Crowley was ready. Crowley was all ready. Uh, okay. Aziraphale lathered up good and fine. The soap dripped off his body in at a seductively slow pace. Crowley could not contain the powerful urge of excitement that raced through his veins. The luring look of his nudie comrade became too much for him to fathom, and his erect penis launched a mighty wad of semen directly onto Crowley's eye. <laughs> what? <laughs> no! Oh my god. There Crowley sat, his pink panties pulled quickly down at his ankles on a toilet full of poop with his bodily fluids on full display, eyes bulging from his face. Wait, so pooping again? I don't know. <laughs> I think the poop never got flushed. <laughs> Probably clogged their toilet. Aziraphale <laughs> giggled as Crowley's dignity shriveled and died. <laughs> Me! <laughs> but Crowley had always enjoyed that delightful snicker. Even after he found out he was his own flesh and blood. Whoa! Okay. Oh, boy. <clears throat> well, w what do we do now? Crowley said, desperately trying to sound suave. It. We do it. It? Yes. It. We do it. Yes. Oh. <laughs> And with that, Aziraphale jumped on Crowley. What little remained of their clothes plopped off quickly. Some <laughs> fell in the toilet. <laughs> what the Not shit? with the shit! <laughs> um, let's get you out of my toilet dreams and into my bed. What? To toil dreams? Get out of my dreams and into my car. Anyway. <laughs> Crowley stuttered, desperately trying to be slick, yet he knew it was hopeless to be suave on the shitter. <laughs> it is hopeless to be suave on the shitter. It's true. <laughs> this is the best one. Aziraphale hopped gleefully out of the shower. The soap <laughs> keeps thinking about the beginning. Aziraphale hopped gleefully out of the shower. The soap continued pouring from his shapely body. Crowley stood up from the toilet, his naughty bits proudly waving about. What? And his pants still around his ankles. He hurried to chase his shapely body down. Okay. He fell in the doorway, tripping over his pants. He pulled his face up from the floor and gazed at Aziraphale, dancing on the kitchen table! What? <laughs> Which is in caps. <laughs> The night reeked of eroticisms, and Crowley could see that it was going to be an all-you-can-eat pork fest. And it was. <laughs> God. Aziraphale was soon ridding Crowley like a pogo stick. Poke me! Deeper! Deeper! God damn it! Oh God, I'm going to hell! Crowley screamed. Oh well, God, he's 
himself. Yeah. <laughs> Crowley still had his Hawaiian shirt on, and Aziraphale was dripping soapy water all over the bed. I thought they were on the table. <laughs> anyway, Aziraphale was dripping soapy water all over the bed. His perky penis swung around like a happy child on a moon bounce. No! No! <laughs> no, no, no. Nana. Don't bring children into this. No. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, up, up, down, down, <laughs> left, right, left, right. Why is it going so many places? <laughs> I don't know. Crowley liked it. <laughs> it was a big, beautiful thing that ached to be sucked on. Crowley especially liked that from this angle he could not see the awkward birthmark on his ass cheek. <laughs> Rude! Which was a relief. Crowley wanted to be hard and strong where it counts for the person he had always thought of as his grandma. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Crowley, he breathed heavily, deep and cavernous. Is what we're doing wrong? Oh, God, yes, he yelled back at his naked grandma. Good. Yes, 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 cousin. Aziraphale screamed. <laughs> That's a lot of different... Cousin, grandma, dad... A lot of different relationships happening here. Someone has some incest porn uh, really? fantasies. When it was over, they cleaned themselves. Uh, okay. When it was over, they cleaned themselves, the room, and the nearby apartment down. Oh, they're just cleaning an apartment? Wow. It took a while. Fortunately, they finished before any of their friends got back, so their little secret was safe. For now. And this is where the story ends. It has come to my attention that some readers don't like my art. They say that it's it's all anti-Semitic. Excuse me, but Jews are... Oh my god. I am not reading this. No, no, no. Are you fucking kidding me? Hey kids, we're gonna take a break from the incest porn and talk about racism. And anti-Semitism. And sexism. Don't fucking do it. <laughs> this has been my TED Talk. Thank you for coming. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for coming. <laughs> wow. Thoughts. I can't get over the beginning of that. Just screenshot that. When I'm sad, I want you to read that to me. <laughs> my God. That was the most beautiful story. I think I'm allergic to this. Whatever this is. Because... It made my neck itch. It's making my arm itch. It's this amber necklace, people who are unaware. This podcast has been so long. Let's do horoscopes next week. Sounds good. <laughs> um, we hope that you enjoyed these erotic tales. Uh, fan fiction is scary. It really is. <laughs> Um, do you have anything to say to the people? I don't know. Just live your life. <laughs> That's all I got. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm drunk, so. Are you really? A little bit. Yay! <laughs> Get your roommates drunk. That's what I want to say. Yes. I'm probably, like, screaming into the microphone. <laughs> Is this better? Cool. <laughs> Alright, uh, Jim and Dwight forever. Um, Crowley and Azir fail forever. I'm here for Jim and Dwight. Okay, we love you! Bye! Bye.